understanding of principal teachings for practical success. Provisions. Welcome to Provisions with a Z, that is. Okay, today we're going to be talking, or our topic is the foundation, and that's what we're going to be talking about. All right, so after listening, I hope you hit subscribe and become a visionary Z. Okay, member, as a visionary Z member, uh, you will receive uh, special access to terms that I will be providing, uh, discounts on books, um, and as well as individually uh, tutoring um, through video if necessary. Um, also, you will be providing my email address uh, so that um, you know you have any questions, you feel free to ask, and I can kind of walk you to to make sure that you're successful. And also through the, the email and through other areas that you would tell me uh, after a certain amount of time um, how this podcast has uh, helped you receive or achieved success. So I'm excited. I hope that you're excited. So let's get started. Okay. And I did tell you this podcast is not a Bible study. Okay. However, every principle I share will be biblically based. Okay, the Bible is the manual to the human life and success in life. You got to remember that it is the manual. And I know that people, oh, you know, so it's basically going to be a Bible study. No, it's, it's, it's not a Bible study. It's, it's a principle study from the Bible. That's exactly what this is. And you have to learn to be disciplined enough to apply the principles. And then I guarantee you, well, I don't have to guarantee you. God guarantees it. And when God guarantees it, it's law. And we'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later. Okay. So um, what I'm going to offer you today, what I'm going to offer you every time you tune in to provision is the truth. But even the truth is useless if it is not applied to something. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to apply it to see the progression of what the truth can do. Or what it can offer. Okay. So. It definitely works. So the foundation. Principles of the Bible. This is the manner in which you've been instructed. By God. And what to do. And not to do. Okay. So let's give you an example of what I'm talking about. Someone created or invented the rocking chair. Right. You try to stand on the rocking chair. To clean a ceiling fan. To change a light bulb. Now, the rocking chair was not made for you to stand on. It was made for you to sit on. Could you actually use a rocking chair to stand on to change a light bulb and to, or to clean a ceiling fan or something? Absolutely. However, the risk of you not achieving that goal, i.e. actually getting the bulb in the light because the chair probably be rocking or actually properly cleaning um, the ceiling fan, decreases. Because you're using the item to do that particular job that you that was not designed for that particular job or to not designed to assist you to do that particular job. So what you have to understand is that the principles that you're going to learn throughout this podcast, especially this first season, it has to be applied in the way in which it was designed, just like you. The problem with most of us is the fact that. We don't work in the manner that God created us to work. So it doesn't work or function properly. Okay. So um, we got to be able to trust the facts. If you trust the facts, it would increase the likelihood of your success. Okay. Now, everything needs a foundation. And that's what we want to talk about. Everything needs a foundation. And, and, and it really doesn't matter what it is. It has to have a solid, strong foundation. So no matter what, if you're going to build a house, you need to build it on a solid foundation. If we're going to build a building taller than the highest structure like the, like the Central Park Tower, you're going to need a solid foundation. If you want a good marriage, believe it or not, yes, you need a good foundation. Um, think about it. If you want to open a business, you will need a good foundation to open and start that business. Um, if you're seeking a master's degree or PhD, 
you would probably need a very good foundation in your schooling prior to uh, uh, being accepted into one of those programs um, or achieving one of those programs. You're going to need a good foundation. So anything and in everything, you must have a good foundation. Okay. so some of you might not even believe in God. That might be listening. Or maybe you're questioning, is there really is a God? I mean, I believe in Jesus, okay? Or whatever. Or the teachings of Jesus Christ in the Bible. But let me share this fact with you. There is no country in history that is known to man and to me that rose to power as fast as the United States of America. And do you want to know why the United States of America rose to power so fast? It is because... They use biblical principles and they still use biblical principles, even though, uh, you know, they're kind of getting away from some of those principles. Um, and the farther you get away from it, the more likely you're going to decline and not be the powerhouse that that you once were. But the principles of America, I mean, I'm talking about in, the, in, in all types of system, man corrupts it. The system that America was built on was biblical system and was a, a good foundation to build the country that they that the forefathers built. But again, man can corrupt anything. And 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 that has taken place and you know then uh, of course um, the abuse of power and etc. However, just think about it. If biblical principles can bring a country to be a powerhouse, imagine what the same type of biblical principles would do to an individual. Just think about that. Okay? All right. So, everything you might learn biblically, truth, to help you become successful, you have to trust it. You can't just hear and say, yes, that's the fact. You have to trust it. And when I say trust it, the only way you know that you're trusted is you're actually using it. Okay? So, so uh, believing in it, uh, knowing that it's a fact or it's true, is good. But the trust of it, well, that won't come until you actually apply the things that you it's just like going to church you know as a pastor you know I preach I preach I preach but I can I I'm, I won't say it on podcast of how many people actually a trust it and and two or b actually applying it you know if you don't apply it it's just just a, just not going to work okay so what is the foundation of everything here it is it's the word of god don't look, don't go crazy okay it is the word of god now before you click and turn me off because I said it's the word of God and I also said that this was not a Bible study podcast. Just trust me for a moment, at least for this podcast and just hear me out. OK, uh, as I'm telling you this. Unless you try it. You just might think that, hey, he's just another preacher just talking about success and etc. Just think, listen, think, have your piece of paper. Write down the things that you're going to learn tonight and for each one of these series, because each series is actually going to connect to one another for this particular season, this first season. OK, so it doesn't matter whether you believe or not. Just apply it. A whole lot of people you will not believe businesses applies biblical principles. Uh, superstars apply. Um, wealthy people apply biblical principles without even believing God, because the belief Exhort. It, it helps with favor. There's more things added to it when you're believing. But the system, even without believing, I know I'm going to get in trouble with some people, still works because the system is within the laws. The system, the principles are the laws. It cannot be changed. All you have to do is apply. The fact is that the world keep applying the, the, the principles of the Bible because they know that it works and so-called saints or believers do not apply it because they don't believe that it works or they don't trust that it works or they don't trust the person who's telling them that it works. But you're not going to be that. You're going to be a visionary. You're going to change your life. You're going to change everything is that you need to change to give you that abundant life because you're going to believe in these principles and you're going to apply these principles. Yes, you are. OK, so I want you to think about a few things that we're, that we're about to get into. Um. If you're right now in a place that you do not want to be and you really want to change, how do you do it? Well, I'm going to tell you, you have to change how you think. Your mind 
have to change. That is the first principle of foundation success is your mind. You cannot go into something else with the same mentality of how you see things. It has to change. That's important. Now, you might have heard that before. What you probably haven't heard is how you do it. And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, some of you may think the way I, you know, I don't think the way I used to think anymore. Well, that's not necessarily true. Because if you're doing the same thing, you actually think the same way. In other words, you might feel differently about certain things. But have you really thought about those things differently? In other words, has that change got into your heart? It may have, it might have stuck in, inside your brain a little bit, but has it gotten into your heart? But once it gets into your heart and then it actually comes out, change actually happens. Okay, so I'm going to show you how this is done. Now, before I even tell you all this, can you literally change your mind? Well, because of the circumstance and situation that we're in, I'm going to give you some bad news, but I have some good news for you as well. The bad news is, no, you can't do it, but God can. Trust me, God can. All right. And, and I'm saying that because if you really want success and you're using his principles, and you got to do it his way. Now, you can go out there and try to do it somebody else's way. Uh, but if you're a child of God, if you're a saint, if you're a believer, then you, you got to do it his way. And not the world way. And sometimes when you're doing it things the world way, um, we expect for those things the way they did it or that person did it will work for us and apply for us. It doesn't work like that all the time, especially if you're a child of God and you're listening. If you're not a child of God, implement those those principles and I guarantee you're going to see some type of change. Maybe not as much a change as you as a believer and had that trust, i.e. or that faith. That's something different. OK, but if you're a believer and you you apply it. I'm guaranteeing through God, not really me, but God is guaranteed, man, you're going to have a change life, but you have to be able to change the way you think. Okay. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but I want you to really understand what I'm saying. If you want to destroy somebody, control what they think and how they think. If you want to free yourself, think for yourself. Now, you might be saying, nobody can control how I think or what I think. Really? <laughs> Do you really think companies spend millions, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars for ten to between 10 and 30 seconds of commercials if they did not believe that they can reach your mind and persuade the way you think? <laughs> think again. You know, you're thinking about it. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars a second that they're paying, they're, they're spending to persuade the way you think. Okay. Now. Um, we've we've all learned something. We learn something every day. And believe it or not. We're persuaded by something every day. Okay. But let me tell you this. Did you know that poverty. Is a behavior. And not a situation. I'm going to say that one more time. Poverty. Is a behavior. And not a situation. That's why Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always, because it's not situations always change. But to change a person's behavior, you have to change their mind because the mind is what's going to affect how they think. Poverty is a result of how people think, how people see things. That's the real reason why poverty still exists. And you may not believe this. Why some people can keep other people in poverty because they can actually control how they think. All right. Let, let, let's just just bear with me again. OK. Um, did you also know that poverty is a learned behavior, meaning it is taught people, maybe you just like I was taught how to be poor. People learn how to be poor. And they were taught how to perish. Hmm? Yeah, they were, they learned how to be poor. We all learn how to be poor. Not all of us, but I'm talking about us who was in poverty at one time. We learned that it was passed down to us from our parents. We did what they did. They did what their parents did. They taught us. We taught our children. 
poverty keep being passed down. It is a learned behavior to be poor. In fact, God said it, but I don't think any of us paid attention to what he was saying. Hmm? Um, what did the Bible say about perishing? He said, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So, what, what, what exactly is God saying? What he is saying is that they do not know how not to perish. Let me say this one more time. The scripture said, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. What he's saying is they're perishing because they do not know how not to perish. You're just doing it. Poverty is just something you do and you and you're fine with it. There are people in one part of the world who thinks and they go, you know, I, you know, I, I got a type of job that I have. And yeah, it's, it's OK, you know, and, you know, I only make one hundred thousand dollars a year. It's almost like a minimum wage to some people. Remember Donald Trump, his comment? I borrowed a small loan from my father and I built my empire. I borrowed, so how much you borrowed? A small, like a million dollars. A million dollars was a small loan to Donald Trump. And we looking at him, oh, you put a million dollars. Because his mentality of wealth is well beyond ours. I mean, you, some of us get a $12 an hour job and we think that we're successful. You get a $15 or $20 an hour job. We're doing good because we are taught to be slaves and to remain into poverty. That's what we're taught. Hmm. Hmm. When? When they are offered knowledge on how to succeed, guess what happens? Hmm? They reject it. Prosperity and success is so unfamiliar to some people that they won't trust the knowledge of getting out of poverty. They trust the knowledge of poverty. They're comfortable with it. They're uncomfortable with the knowledge of success. And because they're so uncomfortable with the knowledge of success and prosperity, they don't trust it, so they don't use it. That's what I mean by poverty, it's a learned behavior. Oh, folks, you, <laughs> listen, we're going to go over some scriptures, all right? Now, as he said, my people perish from the lack of knowledge because they rejected it, okay? But let me explain something to you. Once you have conformed to something, it is hard for you to transform from that way of thinking. That is why Paul said in Romans 12, be not conformed to this word. Because see, see, once you get used to it, even God can't transform the way you think. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you that or tell you this, how, what I'm speaking about a little bit later on. It is difficult. It's not impossible. But you control the transformation. Okay. You have greater ability in the conforming. God then has the ability for the transforming. And we'll, we'll get to it. But it's so hard to do that. It's so hard. Okay. Um, now, I'm sure some of you um, have been to college. Okay. And when you went to college, just like me, your desire was to graduate, get a good degree, and get a good job, good paying job. You know. The American dream, buy your house, get your car, get married, get a dog, white picket fence, etc. Then what do we do? We had children. We sent them to college to do what? To get a job so they can get their own house, to get out of our house. To buy a car, get married, have kids, and send their kids to college. Right? Hmm. Now, how many of us? Went to college and not working in our major. How many of us went to college and have $50,000 of student loans but are not making $50,000 a year? How many of us went to college and have up to 
$100,000 in student loans, but we're not making six figures. I'm going to tell you why. Because even college can teach you how to be poor. College can teach you how to be rich. What I'm saying to you is, what was your mentality when you went into college? Most people go into college proud to be a servant to somebody else. And not a servant to the people. I'm going to explain that later. They went to college to be a servant to someone else who's a servant to the people. So they went to work for the servant. They're a servant to the servant. While the person who owns the company is a servant to the people. You think about that. Wealthy people send their children to college and a job is already lined up. Kids know what they want to study because they already know what they're going to do when they get out of college. When we went to college, we didn't know what we were going to do. We we had hope. We hoped that we were going to do this and we hoped that we were going to do that. We hoped that we found a job. They went to college with a job already waiting for them. All they needed to do was learn how to be better at the job that is waiting for them. If it was their parents' business, how am I going to take that business to another level? College is going to teach me that. In other words, college is what you make out of it. It really is. And when you go in there with a servant to mindset, you come out with a debt. That's what it is. So if your mind doesn't change, that degree won't help you. <laughs> it just won't. It doesn't matter. And, the, and most of you know that you have that degree and you're still not making the money that you thought you were making. Definitely ain't making the money that you pay for that piece of paper that's hanging on your wall. Because college did not teach us how to succeed. It could. More. But we have to go with the successful mindset. So we can get what we want out of college. Not college telling us what. But us telling the college what we want. That's how the system is supposed to work. That's why when you go to college. You're, you're, they ask you what's your major? What do you want to major in? Because they're saying what do you want? And most of us go well, I don't know. That first mentality right there. Well I'm thinking about majoring for this. Tells you right there. It doesn't matter what you come out with. You're still going to be in poverty. You may be in a higher class of poverty than some other people who don't have a degree, but you're still in poverty because you become a servant to a servant. And that's the reason why. Okay, but we got to learn to change the way we think. But it's very hard, as I said earlier, to transform after you have been conformed. It is very hard to do that. Now, I want you to think about this. The story, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He took them a short route, um, uh, excuse me, he took them the long route to get to that promised land, crossed that river into the desert. That, there was a shorter route to get to where they were supposed to go. And he promised it. Remember, if God promised it, so it's their land. He said he has given it. He promised it way back to, to their forefather, back to, to Abraham. But that generation never made it into the promised land. The same generation that came out of Egypt never made it. You want to know why? Because they were so conformed to being a servant that they did not know how to be free. They didn't know what to do if, if they ever even got to the land of milk and honey, the land of prosperity. They wouldn't know what to do. So God did all these miracles and all these signs and had Moses and them talking to them and teaching them, giving them the law. And the, it was in the law. You hear this? It was in the word that was going to teach the people. That's why Moses had to give them the law. The law is not the Ten Commandments. That's a morality for the people to live amongst one another in peace so that they can have the right to have a prosperity and an abundant life. So you can't have chaos around you while you're building prosperity and abundance. So the, the Ten Commandments was a morality. You can't, you can't leave God. God is the foundation of everything. His word is the foundation there. That's the first commandment. So those Ten Commandments was for the morality of the people, how they 
respect one another, how they look at one another, how they, how they conduct themselves personally. But the law was going to change the way they thought from the mind of a slave to a mind of a free person of success. But they didn't give God the opportunity. Read it. They even said, why did you bring us here in the wilderness to die? Is it not better if we serve the Egyptians? They were used to it. They wanted to. You know, some people don't even want to own their own business. They, they're, okay, they're okay with working for somebody. They don't mind being a servant to the servant. You know, I understand. But I'm just letting you know, if you think that way, you always live beneath your means. In the system that God has designed for you. God has gifted you man. He has gifted you. With enough inside of you. To sustain you. For the rest of your life. <laughs> and then. What happens when you. When you are a servant. To a servant. Who's a servant to a servant. You retire broke. There you put your money away. The government is taking care of you. You still have less say so. We got to change all that. We we have to start trusting what God has sent down to us. We got to start trusting it. Okay. All right. All right. So let, let's let's get a, a little bit. I'm going to have to take you to some scripture so you can kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about. And I guarantee you, most of you probably didn't look at a lot of these things because I didn't either. God had to open my mind up. Now, to do a lot of this stuff is as hard. Yes, it is. It's, it, it is. It, uh, and why is it hard? Because it's challenging. Is it literally hard? No. It's hard because it's, it's challenging. And the reason why it's challenging because we're most of us are not disciplined. And that's just the truth. I, I keep telling people, I think the coronavirus is part of a plan of God. I know it sounds cynical and, you know, religious. I've told you I'm not a religious guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I have a relationship with God, but I'm not a religious guy. But I know that sounds sounds very religious. But I believe it is to teach God's people more discipline, self-discipline. I, I just believe that. And there's lessons that we need to learn. It's a test. And if we don't pass this test and we're going to find ourselves with a grade. Because, see, that's the best way God teaches you. He lets you. Look, look at the children of Israel. He taught the children by what he, the grade he gave to their parents. What took, what should have taken you 40 days to get to your land of prosperity, to get to your success, took you 40 years and you couldn't even walk on it. Not all of you could even walk on that, on that promise, but I gave it to your children. I want you to think about that. That's what really happened. Okay, now here we go. We we I gotta get you into some some scripture so you can understand exactly where I'm coming from. Okay, because you you it's the way you think. It's really going to affect everything. All right. So I know some of these scriptures that I'm gonna read to you. You're gonna be like, really? Like I I never. Okay, but here we go. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. What I want you to do, I want you to turn your Bibles. I want you to grab your Bibles. You should have your piece of paper. You got to write this down. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 13. Okay. Got to turn to Proverbs chapter 13. And I'm going to show you a very familiar scripture, but I guarantee you, you probably didn't look at it the same way. That what, what the writer and God intended for you to see. You see, you got to be careful of who teach you as well. Because see, Paul warned us in the letters. He, he told us in the letter that they're going to infiltrate the word of God. They can't change the word of God. Trust me. See, if, they, if they're able to change the word of God, then, then every person who desired to be saved and lived under God should get in with a pardon. Because how can we ever know God if they constantly change? No, they're not allowed to change the word of God. But what they do is change the meaning of the word of God to you. You allow demons and serpents to teach you. God's word because you're too lazy to study for yourself. That's why the scripture says study to show thyself approved unto me. Like God will show you. God will prove to you. This is what it means. We let too many people, even what I'm doing, telling you right now, I told you, you got to trust it and then apply it. And then you'll see that it's truth. You can't just take my word of or my success. You got to apply it yourself. And that's the challenge you put. That's what I mean by it's hard. 
That's the challenge. Okay, let's 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 go to Proverbs. Um, and I actually turned my page, so you're gonna have to forgive me. And now I gotta turn it back. I don't know how I end up turning my page, but anyway, here we go. Proverbs chapter tap chapter thirteen, and again, here we, you know, you heard it before. Very familiar. It's for the sounding of the paper. All right, we're gonna look at verse twenty-two. Let's look at what it says. All right. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. We'll discuss that somewhere this, this season. But we'll leave that first part alone for right now. But the wealth of the sinner, and y'all know that's the the old the, uh, King James Version, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. The new King James Version that I'm reading says the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. But, so what is that scripture telling us? That scripture is telling us that the wicked have our money. It didn't say it was their money. He said they're holding. It's stored up. They're holding your money. But if it's, if they're holding my money, then how do I get it? Because it's my money. And if I don't do what I'm supposed to be doing, I will never get it. Do you know when the children of Israel went there, you know what the biggest thing that kept them from getting that land when, when Caleb and Joshua came back, they, they described the land and people was all excited. But then they started describing them people. Oh, they were like giants. And the people was like, oh, no, we can't take this. First of all, listen, those are the people who have your land. It was your job to go say, uh, this is mine. This was given to me and take it back. But they got so afraid of the people who's holding their land. Like you're afraid of the people who are holding your wealth. That's where your money is. And God said, it's yours. I've given it to you. And I'm going to show you through principles of the Bible or through my law of how to go get it. But you don't trust it because you still have that servant to mentality like the children of Israel, that generation who came out of Egypt. You don't trust success. You don't trust prosperity. You trust poverty and you're comfortable in it. You take a person who's been comfortable in poverty and put him with in success. You can give him a lot. He can. That's why most people who who hit the lottery, they go. They still go broke because it's not how much money you have. It's the mentality you have behind the money. And that's why you got to change your mentality. OK, now I want you to I want you to check this out. Let's go to Ecclesians. OK, chapter two. This is the wisest man. Remember, Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, right? Ecclesiastics, I'm sorry. We're going to go to Ecclesiastics, chapter 2. Okay. Solomon wrote Ecclesiastics. The wisest man that ever lived, the richest man ever lived. They said there would be none richer after him or before him. There would be none wiser after him, nor was there one before him. That's what the scripture said, right? So we're going to see what Solomon has to say about the exact same topic. Now, check out what Solomon said, all right? And remember, Solomon said that he wanted to know. He wanted to know everything. You know, God bless him with wisdom, but he wanted to know even more. But 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 look what Solomon said. Remember what Proverbs 13 and 22 said. But look what Solomon said. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 26. All right. Here we go. He says, uh, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. You see that? Solomon said, God gives wisdom knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight now watch this but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before god what wait a minute but the sinner gets he gets the work and he gets to collect from the work do you huh wait a minute the sinner gets the work. So you always wonder, why does it seem like people who ain't, uh, they ain't living right for God, they seem to be doing better. They're making your money. Listen to what Solomon said. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to a sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. He, his, he is supposed to give you that wealth 
the problem is, and that's why you got to understand the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus was trying to teach you. The kingdom of heaven is like uh, a, a vineyard that was planted and it was leased to the owner. And then when they sent their son to collect, huh? Huh? You see, they didn't want to give it back. You remember that parable? This is what this is what Jesus, you don't even understand the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a place. Yes, but it's a mindset. That's really what it is. See, the whole the whole earth in due season is paradise but it's it's the same place if the mindset is not paradise you can find a ghetto anywhere all you have to do is put the people with the same mindset in one place <laughs> that's a ghetto you you gotta it's it's the thinking okay now you you so this is this is what Solomon said and I want to show you something I'm gonna show you something what Jesus said, how all these scriptures line up that you probably read and didn't even understand what they mean. If you don't understand it, you're not going to trust it. If you don't trust it, you're not going to apply. If you don't apply it, it's not going to work for you. You're only going to feel good for Sunday morning. That's it. And aren't we tired of feeling good for Sunday morning? Okay, we got to hurt. We got to move. I got to move real fast. All right, here we go. Let's turn our scriptures to the book of Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 13. Okay, and I'm going to show you something. This is another. All these, I guarantee you, are scriptures that you read, scriptures that you heard, scriptures you heard preached on. But I, I doubt it if it was explained to you the way that I'm, I'm explaining to you right now. Okay, Matthew chapter 13. Here we go. What is it about? We're gonna, we're gonna uh, start with on the same day Jesus went out on the house. We started right at verse one, and a great multitude was gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, "Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and." and devour them right first five some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth but when the sun was up were scorched and because they had no root they withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them but others fell on good ground and yielded crops some a hundred some sixty some thirty he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, folks, I'm for, I, want you, I want you to understand this. Anytime in the Bible, especially through Jesus Christ, when they begin to say, he that has an ear, let him hear. That means everyone who's hearing what I'm saying will not understand it. And it is not intended for everyone who heard it to understand. You can go all through scripture. You can go especially through Revelation. You know, he that has wisdom, he that has an ear, let them hear. You know, that means everyone doesn't have it. Everyone doesn't have it. That's going to be proof. Let's go to verse um, uh, 10. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Folks. There's two meaning to mysteries. Mystery means something that is kept unknown. Okay, and it's intended to be unknown. But a mystery is also something that is kept a secret until it's known. This mystery here is not a mystery of unknown. It's a mystery of secret. In other words, what Jesus is trying to say is that because it has been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, it is for you to know the secrets of the kingdom. Why, why is it kept secret? Because... When other people use it, you know, do you want to know why churches are not packed? Because and why clubs are packed and why uh, uh, so many people outside and they're, they're, they're you know, using drugs and all stuff. Because the enemy constantly flaunts the wealth that he has that really belongs to you off of God's system. He flaunts it. OK, j j just hear me. And he keeps it a secret. All right. But he tries to reveal it. And that's why all that Illuminati stuff come in. And, you know, see, the word Illuminati means to illuminate. It means to reveal. That's what it means. He's revealing God's system without God. <laughs> you know, the problem is the only thing that Satan cannot do that God can do. God can pass this thing down. Satan cannot. In other words, Satan cannot reproduce the wealth because it doesn't belong to him. So he have to keep stealing. And he steals from the same people that he gives to. That's why a lot of people who get rich under Satan, they end up going broke because he can't reproduce wealth. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging. But that means whatever, 
whatever God gives you, it can be passed down to your children and your children's children. He said that in the 16th chapter of, of Mark. It's, it, it, it will be passed down. Satan cannot do that. So people can sell themselves for the glamour, but before they die, when they get old and, they, and Satan cannot use them anymore, he's going to take their glory, just like time took their beauty. He's going to take their glory. He's going to take their money and he's going to pass it down to somebody younger that he can use to persuade some other young people. And then he throw them away and they usually die broke or depressed or they end up killing themselves. You pick up the newspaper, pick up a magazine. It says I'm just joking. Now, you know, even younger, uh, especially when they make money when they're like five, six, I'm talking about children stars. By the time they turn teenagers, they're drug addicts, they're alcoholics. Why? To them, to Satan, well, you know, I made money off of you when you was young. You, you, you know, too old now. Yeah, 19, 21, 25, you're too old. They ain't, they kill himself. Okay, here we go. It's not meant to give into it. Now watch this. For whoever has, verse 12, to him more will be given. Listen to this. You hear this? Whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. There's that word that we're looking for. We are searching provisions. My visionaries who's going to subscribe to this. We are searching for an abundant life. That was promised to us. And if it's promised, it's law. That means it's still sitting on that shelf, stored up for us. That's what that means. And I wanna, I wanna show you how to get it so we can all live in an abundant life. So he said, For whoever has to him, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. What did I tell you? So wait. The poor will get poor. Yep. And the richer will get richer. Yep. How is that possible? God said it. He set that standard. That's not fair. What's not fair is you not studying, trusting, believing, and applying his word. That's not fair. God said, it's your wealth. But because you don't trust me, what you don't have, you won't never get. Even with the little you do have, I'll take that away from you. It's his law. It's his system. Let's keep going. Watch this. Therefore, I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see. What? And hearing they do not hear. Yeah, you go to church. You see it, but you don't see it. You hear, but, but you're not really listening. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah's fulfilled. Now, we're going to jump down. So, he, Jesus is talking, right? Now, watch this. Watch this. Jump down to verse 18. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, therefore, hear the parable. Of the sore. In other words, he's going to explain it to the disciples. Now he go through all that stuff. You can read it. He's he's quoting Isaiah. He's trying to say that you know people people is reading this scripture. I'm I'm going to tell you what Jesus is saying. People is reading the Bible, but they don't understand it, and they're not applying it, or they don't trust it. They they because they constantly see prosperity prosperity and success some other way and from some other person they trust that way and they'll trust this way because you don't trust god remember the first commandment just love thy god and all thy heart and all thy soul and all that this shall have no other god before what he's trying to say you trust me and when you don't trust me even a little bit you have i take it away from you but those who do trust me and what i gave them i give them even more and i and i show you that very soon in the parable now watch this okay he, he said here therefore hear the parable of the sword check it out when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, see, that's the seed. We're talking about the seed of the sword. Anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. That's, listen, then the wicked one comes and snatch it away. What was sown in his heart. You hear this? Wait, this is he who received seed by the wayside. You remember when they received seed by the wayside? The enemy comes and take it. He don't see. He has to come and take the word from you because the word is what's going to free you, and the word is what's going to take the wealth that he's holding for you. So he take it away. You you can't just receive the word by the wayside. You, do you understand what that means? That means going to church and hearing it, getting all excited, but it, it it's not doing anything. You you won't even apply it. It never got down down to you to a point that you trusted it. You don't understand it. Okay, let's keep going. Right. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He got it. He understands it. And he goes out and start applying it. You know, okay, but what happened? Yet he has no root in himself. Notice this, folks. How many of you paid attention to this? It didn't say the word didn't have root in him. 
God, did you hear this? It said that he had no root in himself, but endured only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, he immediately stumbled. In other words, he himself, that's why the morality was, he didn't, he didn't have root within himself. He did not trust, he didn't know who he was. He couldn't follow the morality. See, you can have it, you can get it, but if you don't know you, you can lose it, or you will lose it. That's why part of the first thing in the, in the commandments, God gave us morality of what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live. If we follow the life of how we're supposed to live, once we do apply it and get this prosperity, we won't lose it. But this person, he understood it. But his life was, he himself was so messed up that as soon as somebody started attacking him because of the system or the principles he was using, he abandoned it and lost everything he had. People's going to, you know, Satan is going to attack you. They're going to talk about you because you're using the principles with God. And he wants to sell you the principles without God so that he can own you and the principles and your wealth. Ah, okay, let's go. Look at 22. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word. And becomes unfruitful. Folks, you can't do this just so that you become rich. See, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money, the root of all evil. You cannot be worried so much about the world. In other words, you can't take God's thing and start living a worldly life. And then worry about what people are going to say. What people are going to, you know, you, 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 you can't have, you can't serve two masters. And you can't have a double mind. You got to have that one, you got to, one way of thinking. And again, throughout this season of this podcast, you'll get that too. Okay. He lost it. He became unfruitful. We're going to talk about this. We're going to pick up on this next week. Okay. But let's look at 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word. He heard it and understand it. He had root within himself who indeed bears fruit and produces. Folks, He's telling you the word will produce fruit. Do you see that? It will produce. The word will produce. How many times, how many people really knew that Jesus was talking about prosperity and money? You go, well, Pastor, why do you, why do you think that's his thing? You mean, why do I think? First of all, what did he say? He said, he who indeed bears fruit and produces, why is it? Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some third. It all depends on how much you understand. How much you have root within yourself hmm? and, 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 and how much you applied it. So everybody's going to prosper. Some are going to prosper 30. Some are going to prosper 60. Some are going to produce 100 fold. But it all depends. He, I mean, did you really think that fruit meant anything else? Like, you know, be fruitful. What do you think he meant by that when he said be fruitful? Be fruitful. Do what? Remember the remember the vine. We'll get into that. The, the, the story of Jesus Christ on the vine. Anyone that you know that does not bear fruit, I will cut off. I'm the true vine. What fruit is he talking about? The same fruit here. What what fruit is that? People. Well, I'm. I, he's talking about. He's talking about saints. No, folks. Let me explain something to you. He's talking about your success. If you go buy a Toyota and you rave about how well that Toyota is, it's going to make Toyota more successful. That's why they give you a handbook and say, hey, only put a certain amount of gasoline in this car. Dude, God is telling you. He gave you a handbook so you, to be, so you can be successful. Remember what he said? For my name's sake. That's why he wants you to be successful. If Christians were blessed financially by applying principles of Christianity, principles of the Bible, everybody in the world would want to be coming to be a Christian. How did you do that? They want you to show them. But see, Satan lied to us and told us that means the fruits of the Spirit. Folks, the fruits of the Spirit belongs to the Spirit. It doesn't belong to you. The fruits of the Spirit is the characteristic of the Spirit that will be shown through you. Read it. And when you read the fruits of the Spirit, it talks about character. It's not talking about money. And you can't multiple, you can't produce character. Especially not 30, 60, 100 fold. Think about it, folks. 
Somebody, they, they've been teaching you and telling you the scripture because they don't want you to prosper. Satan does not want you to prosper. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the only way that my father is going to get the glory is when everyone else. Why do you think he chose the children of Israel? See how glory you are, how wonderful you are, how blessed you are, how prosperous you are. I want to serve your God. Who want to who want to go to church when you've been in church 15 years and you still can't pay your mortgage? You still driving a bummy car. You still a slave to the same job and complaining about it. It's not then. Well, it's the. It's not always the church fault. It's not always the pastor's fault. It's you haven't applied the word. Now it could be the pastor. It could be the church. Maybe if you're not teaching, you can't go to church just because everything feels good and and you're making them rich by the hundred dollar line, the thousand dollar lines, and all this other stuff. I mean, if it's not benefiting you, something is wrong. Either the system they're teaching you is wrong or they're not teaching you right. I don't know. But if it's not working, you need to scratch your head. And you know what most of y'all do? That's why I don't go to church. No, no, boy. You crazy? It's not. That's why I don't go to church. What? No, you, you. Come on, man. If you buy a a, a Chevy and the Chevy is, is, is uh, that, that car you bought is a lemon. What are you going to do? I, that's, why I don't ha- that's why I don't own a car. Think about it. That's why I don't own a car. I just ride a bike. You don't throw an automobile, all automobiles away because you bought one limit. You don't throw all church and God away just because you went to one bad one. Think about it. You go, you change brands, right? You go find something better. You hear, well, what about the, yeah, you know, I heard this car is a good car. Lexus is a good car. Mercedes, whatever. That's what you do. People go to church just like it was going to the store in Pine Canyon. Finding a good church home should be like finding a good wife. Well, we're going to stop right there, okay? We're going to stop right there. We're going to pick up next week. And I'm going to show you the difference in this producing. Isn't it funny that fruit is called produce? Okay, we'll leave it alone. Okay, but you become fruitful and produce. All right? And we got to talk you, I got to talk you right through how to actually allow God to change the way you think. That even if your children, if you send your children to college, they're not going to go to college to get a degree to become a servant. They're going to go there to earn knowledge and wisdom so that they can get wealth from the knowledge and wisdom that they have and not by working for somebody else but working for themselves and then we have to talk about how they get the gift out of them we got a lot to talk about this season okay but again we're going to stop right there we're going to pick up next week please subscribe uh to this podcast um doesn't benefit me that much okay but it definitely is going to benefit you a whole lot more become a visionary Okay, with the Z, right? <laughs> Become a visionary. God bless you and thank you. See you next week.